Trust Your Struggle is a, a place of inspiration. Uh, we have these conversations with individuals about their monumental struggles that they've had in their life, uh, what they've done to overcome them, how these struggles and what they've done have uh, kind of helped define who they are today. We sit down with Matt Adams, where he started his first business at 10 years old, mowing lawns and shoveling snow in the small town he grew up in. For the past 15 years, he's been running a creative studio as head of intergalactic operations. And during the recession of 08, he had his back up against the wall, racking up major debt, running out of cash flow, firing his business partner, and no more equity on the house. And having the mindset there was no going back to a real job, do what you love, the money will follow, and getting scrappy has resulted in him now having clients asking him how to improve their business. My name is Matt Adams. I run an agency creative firm. We're still trying to figure out what we're naming it 15 years later uh, called Factor One Studios. It's been around for about 15 years now. Um, I have moved through a few different occupations in that. I was designer, I was a developer. Um, these days, I primarily as president, uh, actually my official title is head of intergalactic operations. Even says so on my business cards. Um, That's a solid me, title. <laughs> right? You know, it really cuts down on spam. No one's looking for the head of intergalactic operations when they call and when they send emails. Uh, so these days, I generally orchestrate a lot of design, development, the merger between the two. You know, how do, how do developers talk to creatives? What's the process in between? And then, of course, managing customers and uh, strategy, sales, anything else in between. Uh, still take out the garbage, still uh, wipe down the conference or table at the end of the day. So a little it's, bit of everything. It's great that you're, you're in the role that you have and you still, you know, do everything else. So around right. the office, you're, you wear many hats, huh? Well, it's funny is people always ask me, like, don't you miss design or don't you miss development? I'm like, no, I just like helping people. At the end of the day, solving problems is more important. And design is a tool. Development is a tool. Strategy is a tool. I can do any of them so I can you know, help as needed or I can bring in experts that are better designers, better developers, better strategists than I am. Uh, so at the end of the day, like wearing a few hats has helped me figure out where my skill sets are and where they aren't. Uh, helps me know when I need to stop and let someone else take over. Uh, you know, instead of struggling through it, I was like, hey, you know what? I'm a good enough designer to, to find a better designer. I'm a good enough developer to know when I need to find a better developer. Uh, right, yeah. Now, have you always had that trait or did you? is this a trait that you um, grew into, that problem solving? Uh, you know, the problem solving started when I was pretty young. So I actually started my own, my first business at 10. Uh, you know, everyone starts off with that like, I'm gonna mow lawns or shovel snow. So I grew up in Colorado in like the mountains, like 9,000 feet elevation, tiny little town. We had one stoplight. Uh, and so I started like shoveling snow in the winter and mowing lawns in the summer for just random neighbors here or there. And it got kind of busy and I started bringing on other people. So I actually had like four or five other neighborhood kids that I would pay like, hey, it's 10 bucks to do this. I'll take two, you get eight. I supplied the equipment. Um, they were good with it, it worked out. Uh, but one of the things I actually found out through that process was that I hated when when somebody wasn't home and they're like, oh, just come and mow and the check's under the doorstep or the cash is under the doorstep. Like that was a disappointment to me because it wasn't ever about the money. It was about making somebody happy and solving a problem. So like at the end of the day, that was the bigger motivator for me than the actual cash. So I, I like to hear the, oh, thank you so much. Great job, you know, looks great. Like that was more of a motivator for me than being paid. Gotcha. So, I so think it's uh, great into me at a young age. 
You're no longer picking up checks from underneath the door anymore, huh? No, not usually. I did have a client pay us like 10 grand in cash once for something. It was super weird. Wow. Like, huh. I'm not going to ask. Did they have the briefcase and everything or what? <laughs> right? It was 20s and 100s, but it was definitely like, where did this come from? And what are we? Never mind. Just put it in the bank. <laughs> Don't, ask, Don't ask any questions. Dude. Right. Yeah. And so um, you said, you know, before you know, you were your designer before uh, kind of owning the studio. Yeah. So I, uh, I went to college for a while. I ended up bouncing a little early because I just didn't really see any benefit in staying. I know that sounds counterintuitive, but I was just like, why am I here? This doesn't matter. Uh, so I left early with an associate's degree. I didn't want to finish a bachelor's. The people I knew that had bachelor's weren't doing anything. Um, so this is 2000, <laughs> 2002. They were all like getting jobs at, like Kinko's or whatever. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, why are you working at the print shop with your bachelor's? Um, so I just didn't see any motivation in that. And I had actually gotten a job offer from a commercial real estate firm. Uh, like, hey, we need someone who can run in, you know, run Photoshop, you know, manage photography, you know, build our brochures, you know, run our kits, run our mapping software. I was like, I'm in. And so I basically like 2002 left college early for a $40,000 a year job where all my friends were finishing their bachelor's making less than that. And, uh, you know, it was a pretty solid job. I was there for a couple of years. I did mapping analytics. I was taking uh, geographic data, GIS data, and plotting it onto aerial photography of the valley and plotting out where maps were so that this commercial developer could convince Target or Home Depot or whoever to go into their shopping center versus somebody else. So lots of lots of last minute design, lots of production, lots of large format. Um, and in 2002, large format was super fun because like my Mac G3 tower, which was like the only Mac in the entire office, had like maybe eight gig of RAM, which was like unheard of at the time. It, this Photoshop file would take like 20 minutes to open. Yeah. It was in so many layers. It was a nightmare. And it would just crash every now and then. It was just a lot of late nights fighting with Photoshop um, on old technology. But so, yeah, so I spent a lot of time in the design, you know, did branding. Um, I wanted to go to school for web design, and that wasn't a thing. Uh, 2000, 2002, the web was still wild. Um, they were teaching development in terms of like C plus and object oriented programming, but not front end marketing design programming at all. So had to kind of figure it out on my own, but that job let me, the, the real estate firm was like, yeah, we need a new website just to have at it. And so like, I had no idea what I was doing. So I just learned on the job. And I think a lot in our beginning of our careers, you have like these positions and there's a lot of stuff that you have no idea how to do it, but you just figure it out on your own. You're like, Oh yeah, I can do that. You know, you have that confidence of, I'll, I'll figure it out and make it work. And then right. now you have a new n new thing on your tool belt, you know, that you can add to your arsenal. I honestly think we had it easier, like figuring out the web when it was like HTML2 and tables and like really shitty CSS. Um, you know, anything was better. Like the web was garbage at the time. So like if you just, if it functioned, it was like the, the bar was set pretty low when you won. Um, these days, like sites are so award-winning out the gate. Like I can't imagine learning this from the ground up from scratch or like I got to learn incrementally along the way and stair step up. I think, you know, uh, today's sites, like your guys' sites at Moses, the sites we work on, uh, you know, these sites are just amazing technology. And I'm like, I don't know if I can learn that just from scratch from the beginning on my own. Right. I think yeah. It's a lot harder. And the expectation is so much higher. Of course, yeah, because the people that are getting into it now have been doing development almost their whole entire life in one right. way or another. You know, they totally get it. I'm sure you have two sons. I'm sure they've 
could jump into it and start right. coding something right themselves you know i taught one of my sons how to do that uh the right click inspect and change the the html and i would show on the front end i taught him how to do that in like third grade and then get a call from the school and they're like your son's hacking the computer because of course he's going in and giving himself like <laughs> billions of reading points i'm like dude oh. you're so small like don't give him billions oh. of points that's awesome, dude. They legit thought he was hacking the system. I'm like, if you just refresh, it's all gone. It's just in the browser editing. But no, so I taught him in the browser editing and what to look for, how to how to analyze the code, how to change it. And so he was just, of course, being an obnoxious nine or ten year old at the time. It was of amazing. <laughs> that's, that's a proud bad. dad moment, though, right? Right. I was good. I'm like, I'm like, I'm not gonna punish him. This is this is solid. He duped you. And how old are your sons now? Uh, they're eleven. What what do they uh what do your sons think about what you do, for if for your job? You know they're like, when can we come work for Factor One? We want to hang out and have fun all day because they just see the fun stuff. They see, they see there's the fridge with you know snacks and stuff in there, and there's the you know the PlayStation. Presume so they think we screw around all day, but like, I think they're just now finally starting to get it a little bit. Um, and they ask me questions all the time, like, so people just give you money to do this? Because like, <laughs> I don't know if I. I don't know if it's like if they think it's easy or if I make it look easy or whatever. They just like, it's like so you get paid to just do this and you like your job. So they, we have a lot of questions about like passion. And so that's one of the things I always try and share with them. Like just do what you love. Like the money will follow. And if it doesn't, who cares? Like you're you're happy doing what you're doing. Like you're spending more of your day doing this than you are with friends, family, trips and adventures. Like more of your year is spent doing this, whatever your thing is. So like find something you like because if you don't like it the money's not worth it right so um so i think they get were that you, were your parents that way with you not at all really? uh, they're, How... they're both like my mom was a banker at a small bank uh, my dad was a chemistry teacher not an entrepreneurial spirit at all i mean they both like helping people but they this whole like starting a business thing like i think they just now 15 years and are finally convinced that maybe it's gonna be okay uh, they were like, oh, this, is, you know, this isn't going to work. And I think up until a couple of years ago, they were pretty convinced I fixed printers and internet or something, like fixed the <laughs> network, which I don't know <laughs> how to do. No, not that. <laughs> yeah. Do they know or do they understand what you do now? Yeah, they do. Uh, I think it took them a while. And oh, you know, they're sure. always like, oh, what a risk this is. And I'm like, I think, I, I don't know. I, I look at the risks that I had when I worked for people. I only had a couple jobs through college. Uh, I've been working since 10 and I had, you know, jobs on like I, my first real job was I was on a dude ranch. Uh, I don't know, it's like crazy. Like how do you go from riding horses and fixing fences to like, you know, playing on the internet all day. Uh, but I was totally a rancher, um, which is super weird. But, uh, you know, <laughs> after, after college, you know, I had a couple design jobs here and there and then I just kind of started factor one on a whim because I, I hated my boss, which is always a really great reason to start your own firm. Uh, <laughs> like this boss sucks. I'm doing it myself. Um, I always tell people like, learn as much as you can on somebody else's dime on how to run an agency. Because I spent the first five to maybe even eight years doing it completely wrong. I was terrible at time tracking, billing. We made like no money for the longest time. I think it's because I just I sucked at actually running the business part of it. I didn't even think about that. I was like, oh, I can be great. I don't need a boss to do these things. Like, no, no the boss does the crappy work. Um, you know, the, the, the shit stuff that no one really wants to deal with. You know, who really wants to call somebody and tell them their bill's overdue? 
Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I you know, it took me eight years to figure that out. Damn. But that's, I mean, yeah, you're learning as you go. There's no, you didn't have any rule books or anything to guide you through it. You just had to figure it out and see what happens from there. Well, the cool thing Uh, about like today is there's people out there that like, uh, like Chris Doe and a whole bunch of others just have amazing content telling you how to do this. Like that didn't exist 15 years ago. I mean, the internet was still the wild west. No one had any courses on how to run a business, especially like a web design or creative agency. Uh, and there's only old models of like, this is how an ad agency works. I'm like, well, I'm not an ad agency. I'm a web agency. And that's not a thing. Uh, right. Checking the box on what your industry is. I'm like, my industry's not on here. Uh, <laughs> every bank form out there. <laughs> Other. So, yeah. So, you know, I had to figure that out along, you know, along the way. But, you know, I definitely wish I would have stayed at an agency a little bit longer. And how long, again, how long have you been, how long have you been doing Factor One? How many years? 15 years. It'll be 16 years in August. Damn, that's impressive, dude. Yeah, it's it's done well, wow. up and downs here and there, some some shitty years, some some massively negative years here and there. Uh, you know, rolled through that 0809, uh, quickly racked up like sixty or seventy thousand dollars worth of debt really quick. Like, <laughs> yeah, we were burning we were burning money fast because uh, I just wasn't fast enough to adapt. I'm like, oh, it's just a slump; it'll be fine. I don't think I had my ear to the ground in terms of like what was really going on uh and talk about a struggle like so we had adopt my boys are adopted and so uh, my wife and i had come home from ethiopia in june of 2008 and so in all of 2008 and part of 2007 we had a government contract to build 30 websites for um, a number of small businesses in the area so we had we were just swapped uh originally it was only supposed to be 15 but the other vendor dropped out of the whole process uh, and so we had to take on all their accounts too, because it was basically two vendors were selected to manage, you know, 15 sites each. And so we ended up having to manage 30 websites for small businesses that have never had a website before, which is a nightmare, by the way. Uh, yeah, that sounds horrible. There's a real good reason why they didn't have a website, because <laughs> they couldn't figure it out themselves. They couldn't even figure out how to talk about themselves. Uh, but we were we were getting paid, you know, we had a con- we had a grant for all of this. It was all fully funded, and so we were swamped. And then. Um, so June 2008, uh, or I'm sorry, June 2009, actually, I'm sorry. So we we're busy through 08 and into 09 through that recession. And so June 2009, we'd go to Ethiopia, spend two weeks there, come back with our boys. Um, and they're like six months old at the time. And so like, and they're tiny. They were on a sleep schedule. They were like basically being woken up to be fed every two hours. And then with a jet lag, one of them got offset. So like there was a kid up like every hour, I swear. Oh my God. And so... I wasn't paying attention to my business at all. Uh, I had a partner and two employees at the time besides myself, and I wasn't really paying attention. And turns out neither was my partner uh, because July we billed like $6,000. Like, so there's a staff of four with office space and internet and utilities. I mean, we had three servers at the time and I'm like, this doesn't cover anything. Um, it was definitely an oh shit moment. Uh, so I started like having like skip paychecks, you know, cutting back all of our expenses as much as we could, held on to employees for way too long. And, you know, three or four months go by. And next thing you know, we've racked up sixty, seventy thousand dollars in debt and not really any new work to show for it. Uh, on top of being new parents. Uh, but yeah, on top of being like, what the hell did I just do? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was yeah. some there were some nights of just like laying on the floor going, like, what the fuck did I get myself into? Like just, you know, laying in the kids' room just, you know, as they're going to sleep or whatever, like uh, I don't think I was ever. Kind of, 
you're kind of losing your mind to begin with when you're a new parent with just the lack of sleep and transitioning right. into everything too. And then having to manage and run the business side of it. And then all that shit that's going on uh, with the economy um, right? and how you guys were managing or lack of <laughs> the business. Like, damn, that's, I, I don't even know. Cool. There's times, there's times where I'm like, I don't even know how we survived some of that. I mean, we were, I was barely taking a paycheck. My wife wasn't working either. Um, you know, she basically, you know, quit her other job to stay home with the kids. And so like, oh, we got nothing. So like, it was, we got scrappy real quick. Uh, you know, How'd you right bounce back from all of that, dude? Uh, a lot of hard work, but, you know, I definitely learned how to like cut corners on expenses as much as we can. You know, what can we eat that's cheap? You know, lots of potatoes and, <laughs> and beans and rice. I got really great at cutting hair. So like this whole like COVID barbers were shut down. I'm like, I got this. Um, <laughs> you do it all yourself? Yeah. yeah garage haircut hey, with a mirror, dude. just, you know, buzzers. Yeah, dude. <laughs> uh, I'm like, it's not great, but like, it'll do. I don't know. I have no idea what the back of my hair looks like. <laughs> no one sees the back of your head anyway. It's <laughs> just Zoom calls. It's fine. Exactly. Uh, yeah, no, so we just got real scrappy. So most of our work in 08, 09, so basically from 2004, through 2009, like 60, 70% of our work was word of mouth referral, mainly from nonprofits. Um, and so that's all we had. Nonprofit sales cycles are six months minimum, more like a year. Uh, then they yanked their budgets. They all have no work to do. I mean, we had the couple contracts we had, people like, okay, hey, how do we, how do we exit this contract early? I'm like, I'm almost done with the website. They're like, yeah, we don't want you to be done. We don't, we don't want to pay for the balance due, right? Uh, so, we got real specific, like, okay, we're only going to start working with businesses and we're going to start watching what the business's interests are, where their industry is and what their risk factors are. Um, what is the biggest risk to this business? So every single new client, we were going through metrics on that. And so I, I don't know, I just kind of had a couple of mentors along the way that would ask me these questions and they'd be like, Hey, you know, okay, who's paying you now and what's the biggest risk to those clients and how do you help them with that? So it was currently like, it was really just based on what current clients we had. But we started using that as a metric for every client. Um, so even to this day, every single new project that comes in, I'm evaluating. Um, where do they want to go? What's their biggest risk? What are their biggest roadblocks right now? And what's their biggest like success possibilities? And do I want to be a part of any of that? And there are certain times of clients that I'm like, even if they win, I don't really care. Maybe we shouldn't take them as a client. Uh, so like... <laughs> Because if we can't yeah. be passionate about it, why do it? Back to that thing I try and teach my kids. Like, if you're not passionate about the work you're doing and don't enjoy it, then don't do it. It doesn't matter how much they pay you. Uh, and so we just like when we find there's a client, you know, a lead that comes in and they want us to do their work, and I'm not interested in it, even if it's like the best win for them. If I'm not interested in doing it and interested in being a part of that, then why, I shouldn't be involved. And so we will just tap out. We're like, hey, you know what? This isn't a good fit for us. I won't like aim high, overbid the project. I won't even waste my time. Like, hey, yeah, I understand. Yeah, you might even get awarded with it at that point, right? <laughs> Again, and you're like, really, yeah. There's no amount of money offsets a shitty client. So, uh, you know, here I am going like, if it's not right, I'm out. And I'll just say so. Like, hey, this isn't a good fit for us. Uh, and I've had people argue with it. But so we really got really specific with what kinds of clients we were looking for. Uh, we started watching industries, um, you know, really figuring out what industries are good to be in, which ones are, you know, which ones have risk factors. So I started watching like various market positions. So I got, I got way more dialed into the business side of creative, uh, 
really, really specifically. Like, okay, we can make the best things in the world, but if it's for the wrong client, it doesn't matter. If it's for a client that's going to failing industry, it doesn't matter. Uh, so I really got in tune to the business and not only how to run my business, but how I can help others. So I joined, so I, a couple things happened really, really quickly. So we moved, we moved into Tempe. We were on the outskirts of town. So now we're in Tempe, Arizona. Um, uh, I fired my business partner because he was just like a leech on the company. He wasn't paying attention when I needed him to the most, wasn't bringing any work. He was just like taking a paycheck and just coasting. So, um, how did that go? I mean, did that go, did it go pretty bad? That, uh, it was, it was nerve wracking. So like as a person who likes to like help others and do well and like, it was hard for me to like pull the plug on that. Like, um, and so like we need to part ways and we need to do this now. Uh, cause I needed to free up that cash. So right, bought him right. out, freed up the cash to basically, uh, to hire Eric Stout, actually my first developer, <laughs> uh, my first full-time developer, because at the time we were using subcontractors or a couple part-timers here and there, but, uh, so yeah, no, so hired a, you know, hired a kid that was still in college, had like no references, like nobody would, nobody would give him a reference. And I'm like, I'm just gonna trust my gut and go with it. Um, so I a developer, so I had a full-time designer um, and I was doing all the development, but I was doing so much during the day with clients and meetings. I was developing all night. I was working 80 hours a week. Once I got rid of my partner, I was able to free up cash to pay for another developer to start taking on that work. Uh, had to teach him WordPress because he had no idea any of that. Uh, and he said, okay, where do I start? I'm like, I don't actually know. Like, I only know what I do. So we started creating processes along the way. Um, and then I joined uh, a thing called EO Accelerator. So Entrepreneurs Organization Accelerator System is basically designed to take businesses from a quarter million dollars a year to a million dollars a year, all through just tons of online, not online, ongoing workshops. So we'd have like six or so workshops a year. You have a small mentor group on a regular basis. You get paired with a mentor who's just gonna like hold your feet to the fire at all times, make you have commitments. What are you committing to before next meeting? Great, let's do that and we'll check in. Um, tons of really great advice. And so I started just reading every book I possibly could. Every time I go to one of these events, I mean, I'm hanging out with people who own multi-million dollar businesses. I was just like, what are really great questions I would ask them? And so some of those questions would be like, hey, what would you tell yourself 10 years ago when you were getting started? What's the number one concern you had when you started your business? Um, and what was the concern you wish you would have thought about? And so I just started asking really deep probing questions, created excellent business relationships out of that. I mean, some of these people are my friends today. We've created businesses together. Uh, but all of that process actually helped me teach my clients those things because they don't know it either. Um, right. So many yeah. startup businesses have no formal education. They don't have an MBA. They, don't, they haven't been to the school of hard knocks yet. They were me in a different industry. They, were, they, they had an idea and they were passionate about it and they wanted to go out and do it, but they didn't really know how sometimes. And they think a website's gonna help them. Uh, so it really became like a consultant because like my success is in their success. So like my website has, to, in order for my website to do well, they have to do well with it. I can't just build a website and it's gonna like change and revolutionize their business. Uh, it doesn't matter how award-winning or amazing it is, if it doesn't fit them, it doesn't work. Or if no so, one sees it. So yeah, so we started doing a lot more consulting, a lot more like, where do you wanna go? How does this work? Hey, does the customer service support the action of the website? Um, how do we, how do you get leads in? What's your other ad spend? And people were really uncomfortable at first for doing these kind of questions. And I'm like, we need to get into the nitty gritty to figure stuff out. And like, we've got a client right now that has a, a membership based business and 
had a freemium product for years. And like, how often do you ask your free, your free customers to upgrade? Never. There's not an upgrade path. They don't ask or send emails. They just think that they're going to eventually fall over. I don't know. So they have like 800 paid customers and 4,000 free customers that have never once been asked to pay. Wow. And so we dug into the metrics, dug it all out. I'm like, if I can grow you by 10%, if I can convince 400 of these users to come over, we're going to, you know, increase your revenue by 50%. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So, and they were just like, and factor one gets a percentage of that. <laughs> right. Uh, that's actually, so that's new. That's uh, this year we've started doing right. a lot of that. Yeah. yeah so we'll, we, have, we have a number of clients. that's like, Hey, I'm billing you X number of thousands of dollars per month until your revenue hits this point, And then I'm going to bill you 10% of that revenue. Uh, yeah. Or uh, I've got one client where I've got like a liquidation bonus written in that within two years of working with us, if they sell the company, um, we get 5% of that sale price. Nice. So, yeah. Like, I mean, cause you're, I mean, that's your role I mean, with what you guys are doing with them, right? You're not just, um, you know, a, a, a tool in the toolbox to, you know, execute something. You're helping them grow their business and setting them on the right path for success. Yeah. Yeah, and so that's what's really tried to help us. That's not only helped us um, pivot into a new space, um, really being focused on like the strategy and the execution, but also the management of it all. Uh, so we're not just designing a website, developing a website. We're like we're going all the way through and taking it further. And it's always like, what's next? We're treating things like software. Like this is version one. What's version two look like? We're asking. We're we're plotting out version two before version one ships, because we just can't build it once and let it sit. So that's been really really cool for us. Um, you know, really huge in our growth overall, but it also changed the seat of the table. We're not a vendor making a website anymore. We're a partner and they don't tell us what to do. They ask us what to do. Uh, and so it's really been helpful. And so like in all of this, like current economic slowdowns, you know, a huge difference from 08, 09 to today is because almost all of our clients are fine. They're all in really safe growth spaces. Um, they're still innovating and doing things. We, we've been busier than ever while other industries are completely tanking, uh, you know, we've never been busier. Uh, That's awesome. Knock on wood that stays this way. I mean, I can't predict the future, but right, I hope yeah. that a lot of those, a lot of those like learning from past mistakes, past struggles, like, okay, I never want to be in that position again. I never right, want to be yeah. getting a paycheck, you know, taking out lines. I mean, we were in 09, the, by the end of 09, back was up against the wall. I had no more credit card, no more line of credit. Uh, equity on the house is already maxed out. Like I was out of cash flow. Like there was nothing left. And I was not about to ask friends or family for money. Uh, and so we just, you know, got scrappy and worked for it. And so I hope, you know, I've said I'm never going to get back there again. Right. Yeah. You learn from that, dude. So some of it's, you know, how to stay scrappy. Uh, but also it's like, okay, what do we not ever do again? Uh, never get too yeah. deep in one industry. Uh, a lot of people love to say like, go deep and niche. Niches are where the riches are. I don't know. Niches are all those niches are where danger is too. I agree, man. Like I think uh, being a little more well-rounded, you have a lot more things to offer. You know, I think it's great to have something that you're strong in. You have your strong suits, but it's super important to be able to be nimble and yeah. and offer more than just this one specialty thing. Well, like same like your career. I mean, you've been able to bounce around between designing websites and brands and some video work. And so like that's, you know, you're able to touch on a lot of things, uh, which helps you touch on a lot of different industries. And I think that's similar to us is like I can touch a lot of industries. There's definitely industries we will not work with. You know, we've we've taken the plumber client before and like, 
you know, one <laughs> month they're super happy, like, oh, you know, like the, the phone's, phone's ringing off the hook and doing well, what'd you do? I'm like, I don't know. Next month it tanks. I'm like, what happened? I'm like, I don't, I do not know why people do or do not want plumbing in Rancho Cucamonga, California, but here I am trying. Um, right. So today we just won't. We're like, that was way too stressful. They got mad at us. They either loved us or hated us. I mean, it was probably good that the client was hot or cold because it helped us see that, like, we don't belong in this space at all. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I know I know nothing about plumbing or why people want this. I don't know enough about AdWords to watch trends. I'm out. And so, you know, we stay in the spaces that we are good at, but we definitely diversify within those spaces. So, like, you know, we, we primarily work on membership-based websites. Most of our clients, um, our bread-and-butter clients, have reoccurring revenue, whether it's online or off, because that helps us help hit their milestones. We know how to help them grow. Um, I, don't, I don't care if they're selling property management services or online courses, I can help them, you know, manage churn rates, customer service, customer onboarding. Like we can build out all those systems for them. And that's what's really helped me stay, I think, nimble and, and change, you know, pivot with technology, pivot with industries, is we know what we do and how we do it. The tools we use and who we do it for can change. And that was a right, huge yeah. difference between today versus, you know, eight years ago. Oh, for sure. I, years ago, you're probably just taking on whatever came, you know, whoever came knocking. Pretty much, especially word of mouth. Like, oh, I know John. Yeah. Like, okay, cool. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so I, I know you talked about the, the type of industries, right, or the, the type of clients you'd like to have, but do you have, like, some ideal, would there, what would be your ideal client or ideal project? Like the, you, you know, something where if this, you know, ever land on your lap, you would be, super stoked about uh yeah we just actually finished one it was kind of one of, one of those dream projects i'm just like super engaged client they're like hey we're gonna build something brand new uh it was these two guys they're here local in town um they're like we're merging our two businesses together and we want to start fresh tell us what to do um and so we did we named them we did all their branding um did all the site design we did all of that in about six weeks um <laughs> naming branding pricing membership strategies designed out the site and dev'd out you know an mvp uh in about six maybe eight weeks before it was live I and mean, we, we were collecting revenue almost right away um membership-based system to help businesses grow uh it's all about like content in 10 minutes or less and so it was really exciting they were just like let's do this let's grow we want to they want to grow to millions of dollars they want to see tens of thousands of businesses impacted by like just short growth bits here and there. And so they were like, you know, how do we make this better? That's their question all the time. How do we make this better? So like every meeting we, we probably, I mean, I talk to these two guys probably every day. Uh, and it's at least once or twice a week, like, how do we make this better? And they're, they're asking me my expert opinion, how to make this better. Uh, what's going to be better for us as a collective unit, but also as our customers. Uh, and so it's all membership driven. Yeah, you know, within two or three weeks, we had a hundred members sign up. Um, so we really did a good job with like building the network ahead of time, priming the pump to get people ready. So that when we are ready to sell, they just flooded in, uh, which helped us with some influencers. We already have like a bunch of affiliates pushing content in, not only pushing content in, pushing sales out. So like, it's one of those just dream projects that I'm still waiting for the uh, the end result to be amazing, but we're getting there, and that's actually really exciting. Uh, so as, you know, as long as we keep moving forward, it's still going to be one of those dream clients because they're just constantly like, 
Matt, what should we do here? Let's do this. Let's try something. They're always willing to try things too. Like, okay, great. We can't figure out which ad to do. Great. We'll just take both ads up on Facebook and see which one wins. So like they're all about investing in and testing and ABs and hey, 900 people went to the website from this email list but didn't sign up. Great. Let's survey them. Let's figure out why those 900 people didn't sign up. We'll also learn, do they find our offering clear? How do they find our pricing? So like they're all about this learning. And so it's like those perfect things that we've always wanted to do in projects over the years because we've touched, I think we figured out that we've done about 300 websites in 15 years. Like so far in the last, you know, this year, um, the last six months, five months or so, these guys have done everything we've told them to, um, everything we've asked them to, and they're just constantly saying like, okay, but how do we make it better? There's always tinkering and that can be good and bad. I mean, there's times where they tinker too much and I'm like, okay, hold on. You guys can please stop designing. I don't know where this font came from, but make it go away. Um, so, <laughs> but they, they gain they that help trust in you lot. though to like yeah. do these new, new things or try things out. You know, I think that's uh, super important and key is like establishing that trust uh, from the beginning right? and you know, just let you do what you do best when they uh, offer up some ideas and you guys reject them. How does that go? <laughs> you usually go like, uh, you know, Hey John, which way do you want us to go? You've got, you know, this was our past direction. And you told me weeks ago that, that this was your goal. You wanted to get to this point where you had X number of customers, X number of revenue, because you want to sell or you want to cash out or you want to you know, bring on venture capital money and go to the next level. That's what you told me. I don't see a path on this. Can you help me see it? So I usually try and get the client to like, see it themselves. Uh, and they have, there's been a number of times like, oh, you're totally right. I mean, I'm like, it's not a bad idea, but it's a different path than we're already on. Uh, right. You're asking me to not only change lanes, but get off this highway and get on a new one. I don't know if this highway goes to LA. We're going from New York to LA. I don't know if this highway goes to LA or not. Uh, if you want to go see the world's biggest ball of string, great, but we are off track in days, <laughs> mileage, and we're going to run out of gas money. Pick one. Um, so one of the things we started doing in another one of our pivots is we stopped selling scope of work. We only sell a role. Our job is this. Uh, and if it takes us, you know, we're going to give you an estimate. Hey, this should take us three months. It should take us four months. It should take us six months. Uh, you want to go drive off and, and see the world's biggest ball of butter? Then here we are. We're spending time doing it. Um, you know, we're doing your thing you wanted to. If it doesn't get us there, then it doesn't get us there. And so I always try and have that that candid conversation with them. And I, I ask them, uh, there's a book called Radical Candor. And it's, I ask that permission. I'm like, hey, can I have permission to call you out when, when you take us off track, when you're running late, um, when a milestone is missed. And I want to give you that permission of us too. Um, you know, we're not just a vendor, we're partners here. We need to work together. And so if we're going to work together, I need that permission from you to call you out on this and I'll do it gently. And I'll let you know that, Hey, we're, we're running behind because you haven't gotten us that content. Uh, but can I have that permission to call you out on that? Um, and so I'll remind them like, Hey, you gave me permission to call you out on this. I'm calling you out. This is my card. I'm gonna hold it up. Um, yeah. Red flag. I'm concerned about this. Um, and there has been times where we needed to walk away from a project. This is not a good fit. We're constantly going left and right. We're just, we can't go anywhere. Uh, and so I have, I have a deal board. I have like, here's our current projects. There are three to four people lit up in red. They're like, if I have another project that comes in, I can get rid of one of those four. So it's like, hey, they're good for now. I'm still passionate about what they want to do, but they are a pain in my ass. Um, yeah. If someone needs to board. go, if I need to make room, you're on the short list. 
Yeah. And I've, I've actually told a client that before. I'm like, hey, like, just so you know, like, if we get too busy, uh, you're one of the ones that we've identified that isn't going to fit because you don't listen to us very often. And they actually turned it completely around. Uh, they're like, oh, we're so sorry. You know, make, make sure this. And, and then one time they even called themselves out. Like, oh, shit, you know what? I totally am taking you off track, aren't I? I'm like, you kind of are. Wow, like, okay, dude, nice. Dude. Scratch all that. Just do this. And they've actually turned out to be a great client. You know, that's awesome, dude. They pay on time every month. Like, I send them an invoice. I get a check in the mail eight days later. Like, it's clockwork. They've been a client for four or five years now. They were a hand, another agency handed it to us and said they're too difficult to work with. And then, yeah, you turned it around. So, they've been an amazing client. I mean, tens of thousands of dollars of revenue every year, profitable. Trust us. Weekly check ins are great. They're always like, oh, thank you so much. We appreciate you guys. Like, they're just the nicest clients. But it took that candor of saying, like, I need to call you out, and I need you to call me out. Um, nice. And you know, like I said, once they once they started seeing their own patterns, like we we fixed a client. I don't think it happens all the time, but we fixed a client. No, exactly. <laughs> Mad respect on that though, dude. That's a good good thing and a good point to bring up for that man. That's awesome. And just well, you know that what? from the beginning, their revenue is doubled. Uh, we took it from a million uh, and a half to three million dollars in three years. Right. Exactly. And that's smart, man, because like you're, you're on the line with them too. I know we talked about it earlier, but you yeah. know, you're investing in it is just, just as much as they are. And I, I hope that other people realize that, you know, a lot of the stuff that we work on, um, you know, it's blood, sweat and tears that we put into it for the most part, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to, uh, you know, just half-ass something, you know, right. um, I know there's people out there. Yeah, exactly. There's people out there that half-ass stuff. No doubt. I you know, right. we see it all the time, but, um, I know for me personally, like there's, there's no way I, I just can't half-ass it. Like yeah. I, I'm going to look back at that later on. Um, and you know, your name's on it. Right. And that's, and that's what I've told them. Like I'm, I'm here for you. If something's broken on a weeknight or a, a weekend, like a night, whatever, I'm going to be on it. Like, and I've had those things like, Hey, Saturday afternoon, like, Hey Matt, this button's acting weird. People can't check out right now. Like the SSL cert expired. I'm like on it. Um, like, hey, I'm not on my computer. I'll get on it you know, in an hour. I'll fix it. Because I care that much, and they care that much, and so it works. That's Some cool. fun stuff I get, to get, I get to take advantage of, finally. Uh, I think I had to earn it, though. I think it took a while. Yeah, I, I would say so. You've definitely been through some shit, dude. Right. Uh, not the same as some other people. It wasn't like drugs and you know, homelessness or another kind of craziness of life, but, you know, cool. close yeah. to it once or twice, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it, right? But you took the risks and stuck it out, and made shit happen sounds like things yeah. are going well now there was That's there awesome. was no going back there was i was never going to go back to a real job i always say that like i don't have a real job i have i have like fun but like, i was never gonna go back to like applying and working somewhere like that's so was that was part of your drive throughout all that shit that was going Absolutely. on like right. never thought in my mind that i'm like oh i can get a job somewhere like no no i'm gonna hustle and make this work like i don't it was never like that those bridges are burned i'm not going back in life yeah, so, dude. and still to this day it's that way so yeah that's gonna keep going um i think that's the best way to end it is right with that i think that's like super solid so yeah. um for anybody listening or watching um is there any places they can uh find you follow you and shit like that yeah so uh linkedin i'm matt adams um but if it's, I think it's just like linkedin.com slash factor one uh factor one studios.com uh matt ada so matt ada is like my Instagram and my Twitter. Uh, yeah, I'm around. <laughs> cool. And we'll, we'll throw it up on there too, but I just wanted to make sure that you definitely 
um, told everyone about it. So, dude, thanks yeah. again for meeting up with me and talking about this. Yeah, man. Um, it was really great to hear your story and what you went through and kind of like how you've pivoted and what you're doing now to uh, make the adjustments for it. And it sounds like everything that you went through before is really defined and, and helped you uh, create what you're doing now. So that's awesome to hear that. Yeah, yeah it's nice to learn from some mistakes every now and then. Right, exactly. <laughs> All day, every day. Awesome. Thanks, Matt.